الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل ان صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انما الاعمال بالنيات او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen brothers and sisters two weeks back we had commenced discussing the five ahadith that were selected by imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi as being the crux of all the teachings of deen and that if a person gets these five things in place then inshallah everything else will fall into place very simply and easily so in a general manner those five ahadith were discussed two weeks ago in a very a brief overview so today we discuss again one of those five ahadith in a little bit more detail and inshallah in the coming weeks we will try to cover some of the rest of these ahadith as well inshallah the first hadith sharif which imam abu hanifa rahmatullahi selected and likewise imam abu daud rahmatullahi the great muhaddith he also made a selection he also selected this as the first hadith and it is obvious that everybody would select this as the first hadith sharif because this is after all the basis of everything the hadith sharif referred to is the hadith where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reported to have said innamal a'malu bin niyat wa innama limri'im ma nawa this is part of the complete hadith sharif this is the hadith with which imam bukhari rahmatullahi commences his kitab the most very famous sahih bukhari and this is the foundation for whatever we do every mu'min whatever he does this is the foundation innamal a'malu bin niyat what this means is one meaning is innama hukmul a'mali bin niyat that the action is judged according to the intention the action is judged according to the intention meaning the kind of action the person has done the the, the kind of intention a person has made that is what will be the judgment about the action person did a wonderful action with a wonderful intention an excellent action person performs salah the person taught somebody something gave some charity made khidmat of somebody one's parents one's teachers etc whatever other righteous and good action somebody did and there was the good action had a beautiful intention 
And the intention was that this must be to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. It must be done with sincerity. There mustn't be any ulterior motive. The motive must be to please Allah Ta'ala. Even in, for example, somebody doing something for their parents. So now in that, there is this intention that comes in, that my parents must become pleased with me. Now that also is part of ikhlas, because we have been taught that the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is in the pleasure of the parents. Rida Rabb fi Rida walid that the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is in the pleasure of the father and the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala is in the displeasure of the father referring to obviously in things that are within the limits of deen within permissible limits if the parents have instructed something so the person now is obeying that is complying with the wishes of the parents provided that it is within the limits of shariat, then in fulfilling that, one will be earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So that is not against ikhlas, that one is now wanting to please the parents. That too is part of ikhlas, because Allah Ta'ala wants us to please the parents. So in any case, this intention, that whatever action I am doing, Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. It must be for his pleasure. It mustn't be that I'm doing this khidmat for my parents so that I can extract some favors out of them. I can make them buy me this or that or get the permission that I'm trying to squeeze out of them for something that I want to go somewhere and they don't want to let me go. So now I will make some khidmat and this is actually the purpose behind this khidmat is that I want to extract some favor out of them. A person is being good to their friend, to their classmates. So, mashallah, that's a wonderful thing. They're being generous, sharing something. They're being kind to the person, helping the person out in some work. So, mashallah, excellent action. But the intention behind it was that I want to extract some favor out of this person. I want this person to come and join me in some whatever I want to go and do. So, I need some company to go and get involved in some, go to some, visit some place and go sometimes all upside down situations, wrong things. So now I want somebody else to join me, I need company, I can't go alone to that place. So now this friend doesn't want to come along, so now I need to now somehow get her to come along. So how I want to do that, first I'll be very good to her and be very, very kind, and very generous, and very helpful. Now, mashallah, all those actions are excellent, but those excellent actions have a sinister intention. Those excellent actions are motivated by an ulterior motive. So there will be no reward for that. The reward will be lost, because it is being done to merely extract some favor out of the person. That is a kind of bribe. That a person is giving something to extract some favor, to extract some kind of privilege out of the person. So in any case, this explanation is what we have to bear in mind all the time, that actions are judged according to their intention. 
if that action, obviously the action must be right, if that action is done for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, then that action will be very rewarding, it will be a means of great benefit, it will be a means of great progress and success, it will bring barakat, it will bring a lot of goodness in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, because it's not just a matter of sawab alone that gets affected by the intention. A lot more happens when a person does something sincerely. So that which he is doing sincerely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, the right action being done sincerely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So in time, the more such actions are done with sincerity for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, Obviously, number one, Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy accepts such actions where the person is trying to do it sincerely, correctly. Allah Ta'ala accepts it out of His grace and mercy, number one. Number two, when Allah Ta'ala accepts something, Allah Ta'ala rewards tremendously. The rewards, one is the rewards of the Akhirat. But then, it's not confined to the Akhirat. When that action was done sincerely, the barakat of that action comes in this dunya. The barakat of that action which was done sincerely comes in this very dunya. Now we know the very well, uh, the very famous Hadith Sharif, we have discussed this Hadith Sharif previously as well, about the three people who were on a journey. This Hadith Sharif is also quoted right at the beginning in Bishti Zewar. So the three people who were on a journey and uh, in the Bani Israel, and then this, they took refuge in a cave, maybe it was already raining, so they took refuge in a cave, or they took refuge there to, to take some rest, and suddenly the storm broke out, and now in that storm, this huge rock came and fell right at the mouth of the cave. So now from the top of the mountain, this rock rolled down, huge rock, and in that storm it came and landed right at the foot of the, at the mouth of this cave. And it completely blocked the exit. Now this is a huge rock. Three people are blocked inside. They don't have the strength and the might to push such a heavy rock out. And now they're locked in a cave. There is no way of escaping. And there's no way of contacting anybody. They didn't have any cell phones at that time, they didn't even have any phones at that time. There was no electricity at that time. So they couldn't send anybody a WhatsApp or send anybody some SMS or give them a call and the chances are that if such a thing happened in this zamana, in this time and age, then too they would have been out of reception in such a place. So that too would still not have worked. Now the issue is, people are stuck in this cave there is no exit, nobody knows where they are, they can't contact anybody, they are on a journey. People won't even know that they didn't reach their destination until maybe after a day or two or sometime later. Now people will be looking that these people left a certain place and they were due to have arrived. But where is no news about them having come or maybe they still got delayed where they were. It will take a couple of days maybe before people start looking for them. A couple of days, and then when they'll find them, whether they'll find them. So, the picture was one of death. That now we are going to be stuck in this cave, no food, 
no water, whatever little they had, maybe that might have already been finished or will get finished very soon. So in a short while, no food, no water, stuck inside this place, you can't go out anywhere. So then what happens? A person gradually starts then starving because there's nothing to eat and then it's death staring in the face. So now the situation was really desperate. And then each one of them turned to Allah Ta'ala. And each one of them presented some action that they had done. And the details are many. We have discussed this on some previous occasions. We're just getting to the point. Not going to all, into all the details. Each one presented an amal. Ya Allah, I did this. If I did this action solely for your pleasure, one person looked after the the salary of that employee who didn't take his salary and he invested it and he looked after it. Now, it was a lot of work involved, a lot of uh, hard work, a lot of sacrifice from his side. And when the person finally came some time later and he said, where's my money? You are owing me still so much. He said, take this whole valley of goats. All this is yours. He says to him, please don't mock me, I've just come to take my wealth, but I'm owed that amount, that salary. Why are you playing the fool with me? You're telling me this whole mountain of goats is mine, the whole valley of goats are mine. He says that whole valley of goats are yours, that was the money that was invested for you, you take it all. And the person took everything and went away. So, Ya Allah, if I did this only for your pleasure, now this is the barkat. The barkat of what? The barkat of sincerity. Ya Allah, if I did this only for your pleasure, there was no ulterior motive that this person now, one day when he will come to take his salary, I will tell him there is his whole valley of goats. So he'll get a shock of his life. That this person looked after all my wealth and he, he invested it. I was owed maybe what I could have bought one goat with it. He is now invested it. There's a whole valley of goats. There's hundreds of goats. So now this person will get a such a shock of his life. Now, he'll get a really big surprise. But then what will happen? Then he will go around singing my praises everywhere. He'll go and tell his family, he'll tell his friends, that maybe my family will also hear about it, and my friends will also hear about it, and they will all come and then think very greatly about me, that mashallah, what a wonderful thing you did, and I will then really be the hero of everybody. And now, all that destroyed the amal. That intention destroyed the amal. Now this person, mashallah, didn't have that intention. This person, his intention was solely that this wealth belongs to somebody. I don't know when he'll come. And now this wealth should get uh, become productive in some way. So I should invest it for him. Now there's a lot of work involved, sacrifice involved. But he did it solely that this Allah Ta'ala servant, what good I can do for somebody else, I should do to please Allah Ta'ala. Now that barkat of that sincerity, now in this desperate situation, is making dua, Ya Allah, if I did that only for your pleasure, and Allah Ta'ala knows whether it was done for his pleasure or done for somebody else. Allah Ta'ala knows. In the Hadith Sharif, Hadith Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says, Ana aghna shuraka'i shirk. I'm the most independent partner. In other words, if somebody ascribes partners with me, I'm the most independent party. I just tell the person, look, I want nothing out of this. You go and take it from your partner. And I'm out of that whole equation. So in other words, I give nothing then for that. Now you wanted to do it for somebody else, 
So you are ascribing partners with Allah Ta'ala. You want people's praises. You want people's recognition. You want people to now become part of the equation that they must now praise you and recognize you. So now that has made people partners with Allah Ta'ala. Na'uzubillah. Allah Ta'ala says, I have nothing to do with the partners. I am out of every partnership. So now somebody makes me a partner, I am out of every partnership. So then you go and deal with the partner that you have made. What can anybody give us? What reward can they give us? And on the day of Qiyamah, all these people will be in a terrible state who did things for others other than Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So now this person, Allah Ta'ala knows, he did it solely for Allah's pleasure. So when he made dua, Ya Allah, if this was done solely for your pleasure, move this rock out of the way. It moved a little, not enough, but moved. So that sincerity moved the rock. Now this is that key aspect. Sincerity will move problems out of the way. To the extent that we inculcate ikhlas, sincerity, challenges come. Challenges come. This is dunya. But if there's ikhlas in what we are doing, then to start off with, we ask for afiyat, we ask for safety from all challenges. But if whatever amal we are doing, whatever work we are doing, whatever task we have undertaken, whatever day-to-day things we have to do, but if there's ikhlas, there's sincerity, then challenges come sometimes. And those challenges come as a test that who is perseverant, who is really patient, who is genuinely truthful and a loyal servant of Allah Ta'ala. These tests come to test who is loyal, who is really genuine, whose focus is towards Allah Ta'ala, or is the focus elsewhere. So these things come up sometimes. So now, when the person is nevertheless mukhlis, the person is doing things with ikhlas, the barkat of that ikhlas will move difficulties out of the way. With the fazl of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will move it. But the system Allah Ta'ala has created is that ikhlas has its barkat. Sincerity has its barkat. And when something is done sincerely for Allah Ta'ala, then the system of Allah Ta'ala is that that barkat that will come through that sincerity will move out problems. Allah Ta'ala has placed that effect in it. It will move problems. It will move the rock. Huge, massive rock. Which maybe in this time if we had to move such a rock, we'll have to hire a huge crane. But ikhlas will move that rock. The second person also presented an amal again. Ya Allah, this I went and came back very late from grazing the sheep and my parents already fell asleep. I stood the whole night at their bedside waiting to give them their milk. And they only woke up in the morning, Fajr time, whatever time it might have been. So the whole night standing at their bedside that I cannot... My parents now fell asleep. They were waiting for the milk because now they didn't have their night. Not that they had a hearty meal. That was their meal. That milk was their meal. Now they stepped away, they fell asleep, waiting, waiting, they fell asleep, I got delayed. So now, they might wake up just now, they might wake up just now, I don't want to miss that moment now, they wake up, I'm sleeping. I stood there, that now as soon as they wake up, I can give it to them. And expecting just now, just now, 
It happens sometimes that just now, just now, hours go away. So the whole night came out. Now imagine this level of dedication to the khidmat of one's parents. He got delayed, was beyond his control. Something beyond his control happened. But now this was in his control that as soon as they wake up to feed them their milk, their share of the milk, and so to say give them their supper for the night. But that required a tremendous sacrifice. And now he was ready for that sacrifice. But primarily it was for Allah Ta'ala alone. In that dua also he says, Ya Allah, in kunta ta'alamu anni fa'altu hadha ibtigha'an liwajhik. Ya Allah, if you are aware, meaning you know well, and if this was done solely to earn your pleasure, then Ya Allah, you move this rock. And the rock moved again little bit. Again, not sufficient enough, but it moved. The sincerity moved the rock a second time. So it's not a chance thing. It's not just something happens for somebody only. That sincerity has its barakat. Now it just depends now. Now somebody got 10 rand and somebody got 1 million rands. It's obvious what 1 million rand can buy, 10 rand cannot buy. But 10 rand is also money. You can't say that 10 rand is not money. Ten rand can buy something. It might buy a loaf of bread. Nowadays even that doesn't buy a loaf of bread also. But maybe we'll just say, okay, ten rand can buy a loaf of bread. But it can't buy what one million rand can buy. But it's money. It's no doubt money. You cannot negate it and say that you person has got ten rand has got no money. So mashallah, Allah Ta'ala bless us with ikhlas. One is the ikhlas that we try to muster up in some way with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala. But these people had true ikhlas. Their ikhlas was like mountains. So now we want to move the rock. We want to move the problems out of the way. We want to move the challenges. We want to see the path opening out for us. So we're going to have to bring that kind of ikhlas that is really strong. Not just a very, very limited amount of sincerity very weak ikhlas. So the weak ikhlas is also ikhlas. That is also ikhlas. We cannot deny that it is ikhlas. But there are levels and categories in all these sifat, in all these qualities. To the extent that that ikhlas is developed and how strong it becomes and how firm that ikhlas is, to that extent that ikhlas will move the difficulties. It will move the problems. It will bring that barakat of that ikhlas will open the path. So this is the, this person, mashallah also, his ikhlas also. Then the third person, Ya Allah, I was in this situation, about to commit haram, got caught up with this cousin, and about to commit sin, and then she was very conscious, and in that moment she said, that, inni akhafullah, I fear Allah. And this person says, uh, he trembled. And he said, look, I left that place and went away. And that money I had given her, that too I left it behind. Why I did this? Out of fear of Allah Ta'ala. No other purpose. Ya Allah, if you are aware that this was done only for your pleasure, that that temptation was extremely strong, and there was no obstacle from committing that haram, but for your pleasure, I turned away from that sin. Now, 
Look at the barakat of this. This was a great amal that he did, that he left that haram in that moment and disappeared from there. It was a very great thing. It was done not for the praises of people. It was done for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. I must not get, not disobey my Rabb. I say, Allah, if I did it for you alone, move the rock first. Again, third person, his ikhlas moved the rock. Now the third time it moved again, little the gap was sufficient for them to come out. Their lives were saved. What saved their lives? Ikhlas. Meaning from this kind of situation. One day everybody's going to pass away. But Ikhlas has this barkat. This is what we are being told. When the appointed time comes, a person will go. But Ikhlas has this barkat of moving out problems, clearing the way, removing obstacles. So this is the effect of Ikhlas. How much Ikhlas a person inculcates. And this is that Ikhlas, the barkat of Ikhlas. That from outwardly nothing where there is apparently no chance of something happening but that ikhlas makes great things come out of it there is no resources there is no supporters there is no help there is nothing outwardly but there is somebody one person with ikhlas tremendous ikhlas few people with great ikhlas Allah Ta'ala makes wonders happen out of that what they are doing Darul Ulum Deoban, all our madaris, the girls' madrasas that we have, the Darul Ulums that we have, the maktabs that our ulama kiram and others are running, eventually all this from our silsila, from those who we are connected to, it links up our ustads and their ustads and their ustads, it links up to Darul Ulum Deoban. Because our Asatiza studied, some of them directly studied at Darulum Dioban, and some studied elsewhere, their Ustad studied at Darulum Dioban. So after one, two, three, four links up, it will all link up to Darulum Dioban. And then from there to the various personalities through whom the knowledge had come to that place. Now Darulum Dioban, Dioban is a little town, it's not even a city. And at that time it must, be, must have been a very small town. And there were no resources. There was one ustad and one student. And there was no fancy building. The madrasa commenced under a tree. One ustad teaching one student under a tree. Can you imagine this madrasa? Because the Seniors of the time, after the English had created havoc in India and they destroyed the madaris and destroyed all the infrastructure, the dini infrastructure and hundreds of thousands of ulama-i kiram were massacred. It's a very lengthy and very heartbreaking history. This was the atrocities that the English had committed in India. So in any case, after all this destruction had happened, the ulama of the time realized that something has to be done to bring deen alive again. All this deeny infrastructure has been crushed and uh, such atrocities have been committed. So many hundreds of thousands of ulama have been mercilessly massacred. 
Now how to keep this deen alive? Something has to be done. So they established the Dalum. Now that time, there was one student, one Ustad, there was no infrastructure, no buildings, nothing, under one tree. But the people who commenced this, the people who started this off, they were people of such ikhlas, such sincerity, that they planted the seed with such sincerity, that if we trace back just the number of institutions, institutions now includes Darulums, girls madrasas, the makatib, and the hivs classes, and whatever, that all link up, that somebody who's teaching there, their ustad, then their ustad, going one step up, like for example, the madrasa that you are studying in, Madrasa to Salihat. So this madrasa was established by Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Patel Sahib Rahmatullahi. May Allah Ta'ala elevate his stages. Allah Ta'ala grant him the high stages in Jannat. Allah Ta'ala keep the benefit that he left behind flowing till Qiyamah. Keep this legacy of his alive. So he studied directly in Darulum Dioban. And then his ustads, they were the some of them were the direct students of the founders of Dalub Dioban. Or maybe they were the students of the students of the founders. So just two, two chains down. So now this is how close the link is to Dalub Dioban. Now, if we count all the institutions, forget the number of students. We just count the institutions. And as I mentioned, institutions including all the Darul rooms, the girls' madrasas, the hivs classes, the makatib. So it will easily go past a million. Very, very easily. In India, there are several groups that are running makatib. Some are running, there's about 15, 20,000 maktabs they are running. Somebody is running 6, 7,000 maktabs. Somebody is running some. Just the maktabs in India are so many already. What about Pakistan and Bangladesh and wherever else this moved on from South Africa and England and Zambia and Madagascar and in throughout so many parts of the world where people who graduated from these uh, institutions, Darulum Dioban and then the Darulums that then came up by the students of Darulum Dioban and their students and then people went through all parts of the world there are so many madrasas that are established in America, etc. by students who graduated in the Darulums of South Africa. Now the Darulums of South Africa, they graduated there. Their ustads came from Deoban, who came from some institution that is linked to Deoban directly. Now, subhanallah, how this has spread. From one place, how it spread. Far and wide. And now, all this is linking back to Darulum Deoban. Such a massive thing has come out of this one small place. One small madrasa that started off under one tree, not even a roof over their heads. What can make this happen? Allah alone made it happen. The system of Allah Ta'ala is, when there is ikhlas in what is being done, Allah Ta'ala will open it out. Allah Ta'ala will guide it. Allah Ta'ala will then provide the means from unseen sources. So now this is the key factor in anything that we do, ikhlas. To the extent of that ikhlas, to that extent will be the benefit. To the extent of ikhlas, the barkat that will come through that ikhlas, that will draw down the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. That will draw down whatever 
the needs are and that barakat of that ikhlas will move obstacles out of the way it will remove problems it will become a means of solution to issues the key factor is ikhlas so we need to keep checking and rechecking and rechecking and keep making istighfar and never ever think that we have reached any level of ikhlas in anything that we do we should always be on the one side hopeful that Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy Allah Ta'ala will overlook our numerous shortcomings overlook our deficiencies our lack of any sifat but at the same time we have to keep checking now what was my ikhlas in this and we will detect sometimes and many times detect many many problems if we sincerely look we look also sincerely within ourselves that between us and Allah Ta'ala Nobody even knows we are making this muhasaba. We are checking ourselves and we are checking, repeatedly checking, deeply checking. And in this way, inshallah, when we will keep checking, that itself will become the catalyst to increasing this ikhlas, to, to refreshing our intention before doing anything. That any ulterior motive must all be out. The motive to now outsmart somebody else and just maybe make myself look better than somebody else so that person is now shunned aside I can be the hero here no 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 we be a well-wisher for everyone there is no harm in trying to be doing better but we don't do something in a way that we doing something so that somebody else is then pushed out of the way somebody else is made to seem like second grade and we are the ones who are grabbing the attention, all these attention-seeking devices, Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept that. If some amal is being made into an attention-seeking device, it will get rejected. So now we have to keep checking and rechecking that what is the level of my ikhlas? Have I done this solely for Allah Ta'ala? And when we detect problems, make istighfar over that. Beg Allah's forgiveness and turn to Allah Ta'ala. Beg His help. Ya Allah, you bless me with ikhlas. I am very weak. My heart is so filled of all the wrongs and evils and I don't have any good in me. Allah, you bless me with the good. You bless me with ikhlas. You bless me with all the beautiful sifat. And inshallah, when we will continue in this way, making dua, making an effort, checking and rechecking and contemplating, Allah Ta'ala out of His grace will bless us with this tremendously great quality of ikhlas which is the foundation of everything. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant me and all of us a tawfiq. Inshallah we'll continue. Allah ta'ala give us this ikhlas. Allah ta'ala give us all these sifat. Allah ta'ala make us his no, among his noble and his chosen servants and keep us steadfast on iman. Take us on iman and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله